Welcome into my podcast with the longtime voice of the Angels, and that is Victor Rojas. And we're going to get into the departure of Albert Pujols to the Angels, but also, most importantly, about Victor interviewing to become a potential general manager of the Angels. Didn't work out, but really interesting stuff. So a visit with Victor Rojas coming up. The doctors of Blue Tail Medical Group are some of the nation's top experts in the fields of sports medicine and stem cell regenerative therapies. And when people hear about sports medicine, they think disabled list. They think they're going to miss maybe six, ten months, sometimes a year, where that surgery is going to replace the joints so they can't throw football or baseball. Blue Tail Medical Group can be a great alternative to orthopedic surgery. Doctors Bayes, Crane, Wolf are experts in stem cell regenerative technology. So before you think about having surgery, if you're a high school athlete, a vet, or your joints have been worn by age, arthritis, or old injuries, your body still has the ability to heal itself, and that's why you need to give them a call. Schedule an appointment, 636-778-2900, 636-778-2900. Visit them at bluetailmedicalgroup.com. I find this visit to be hopefully enlightening. It's something that you will learn from. I hope to learn from it as well. My guest is Victor Rojas, longtime voice of the Angels, and he did something in baseball that on its surface was outside the box, but you wonder, is it really outside the box? Is he goes from being a play-by-play man to potentially the general manager of the Angels. He went and interviewed for that job, and I wanted to bring him in to talk about that experience because I think it's fascinating. And he's also one of my best friends in the business. So, Victor, how you doing? Great to hear your voice. Hey, Danny. It's great to see you or hear you and uh, and, and talk with you, man. It's been, uh, it's been a crazy couple of months this offseason. Well, hey, the whole year has been kind of a crazy year. It, it really has. So, I loved what you posted on social media. You, you said, why not? Why not me? Why not do this? Explain what you were doing in, in trying to go for the GM job with the Angels. You know, it, I've spent 11 years there, and uh, I have a lot of history with the organization. My dad spent 10 years with the, uh, the Angels, managed them in 88. I signed with them in the minor leagues in 1990. And so there was a number of variables that kind of played into this. Uh, it, it, it truly was kind of a perfect storm. And uh, the way the team really got off to such a bad start, uh, we got to about mid-August, and I was getting just about as frustrated as any Angels fan uh, probably was at that time. And I started to jot down some notes, and I ended up uh, getting to the point where I felt like I was I was Jerry Maguire wanting to write the memo. I wanted to write <laughs> my thoughts down on paper. It's like, this is what I've seen for 11 years. This is what I want to change. This is what, you know what I mean? It was just one of those things. I just wanted to put my thoughts on paper as opposed to just sharing it on a broadcast and really getting into trouble. Uh, but uh, as word kind of started to leak out in September that, that maybe Billy Epler was going to be on the hot seat, I reached out to the Angels um, and I expressed to them my, my desires. And they said, well, we're going to wait till what, to see what Artie decides to do. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, as soon as uh, maybe 10 minutes after the last out, of the last game of the year, the press release went out and maybe a half hour after that is when I texted Artie Moreno that I wanted, uh, I wanted that freaking job um, and that I was ready. And so that's, that's kind of how it all started for me. Um, and uh, you know, they, they took me seriously. They, uh, they put me in through the process and um, I have no regrets, Danny. I mean, uh, I said everything that I wanted to say um, and uh, they were fair. I mean, it was about an hour and a half, two hour interview and, uh, I put a presentation together. It was about 19 pages that included that why me page at the very end. And 
Um, you know, I gave it my best shot. And, and the one thing it has done, it's, you know, I love what I do. I love, I love being on TV. I love talking about baseball. Um, but it's not my first foray, uh, or at least dipping the, the, my toe in the water as far as the front office. I did run a minor league organization for a couple of years uh, back in Newark in 01 and 02. Uh, it was independent, so I got a chance to put the team together. and So I got a chance to talk with agents and players and stuff like that. So I have had a taste of it, and I've been dabbling with maybe uh, going that route um, for a couple of years. And it just like I said, it was a perfect storm this year, and I, I gave it my best shot. It takes guts to do what you did. As you reflect on the experience, what did you learn? Um, that I believe in myself, that I continue to believe in myself, and, and, and I'm not going to shy away from, you know, putting myself out there. And, you know, I, I just followed up. Uh, I had a social media post a couple of days ago. That you know, now that As soon as we hit December, I was reflecting back to 20 years ago this month, I was literally working as a customer service rep behind the counter, at Nordstrom in Boca Raton, Florida, when I decided, or I had this idea, I didn't decide, I had this idea of trying to chase this broadcasting dream. And, you know, it, it took me until early February to get a job with the Newark Bears. And and here I am 20 years later with 18 years of being in the big leagues as a, as a major league broadcaster and having worked my way up from radio to MLB Network to the second largest market in the country working in, in the Los Angeles market with the Angels. So I've... I, I, I believe that I could do anything I set my mind to. And, um, you know, I don't know what the future holds. Heck, to, you know, almost two years ago, we started a baseball apparel company. So it's, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that has a lot of energy, a lot of passion. And when I decided I want to try something or do something, I'm all in. I don't do anything half-assed or anything like that. I'm all in, and I, and I, and I give it my best shot. When you went and made the presentation, how did you mix in analytics with the eye with the old-school look of baseball? You know, I, I really didn't uh, break it down as such. I, I, I'm, I'm very receptive to the new way of thinking and, and, and how uh, numbers and, and the way you evaluate players has changed over the last 10 to 15 years. Um, but what I really wanted to convey to them was how I, I looked at an organization and then what I thought needed to be done from an organizational standpoint, from a culture standpoint, uh, the trickle down from top to bottom and getting a total buy-in. You know, in my time with the Angels, I've gone from Tony Regans uh, to Jerry Depoto to Billy Epler, now to Perry Manassian. So 11 seasons going on my 12th season, this will be the fourth general manager. And because of that, you you get a lot of crossover of personnel. So you've got a bunch of different personalities and philosophies that are still lingering within the organization. Then you bring in someone new who's got a different uh, perception of things. And I think that's something that Perry will probably tackle uh, going forward is making sure that everybody's in line and being in kind of following uh, the path that is set forth by the, by the organization and, and thinking organization first, as opposed to individual first. And I think that's the one thing that I really wanted to convey in my presentation, as far as player evaluation, you know, I gave them my thoughts of what I, I, I think that the team needs going into 21. I gave them my suggestions of the players, the type of players that I would seek out. And, um, but as far as breaking it down specifically, no, you have to have a balance of both. There's no doubt about it. You have to have a balance of both, but analytics are not the absolute. They're starting points. And for me, they're fantastic, especially for the, the valuation of a player. Um, but you have to have eyes and feel and, and be able to determine what these players are capable of doing. Analytics cannot 
factor in the human element in real time. And that's something that I think finally people are starting to realize. There is no doubt about that. No truer words have been spoken, in my opinion. Victor Rojas, longtime Major League play-by-play man and with the Angels for a long time. And so you can imagine here in St. Louis, people are curious about Albert Pujols. How, how would you describe his tenure as he goes into the final year of that 10-year deal that he signed with the Angels and leaving St. Louis? What, what has that tenure been like, if you did, uh, could describe it? I'm sure it's been frustrating for him, especially the last couple of years. You know, there was every offseason, it seemed like he had uh, something going on, uh, nothing serious, but the, the plantar fasciitis, the knee, there was always something. And look, man, it happens as you get older and the more mileage you put on a body, it's, it's going to happen. Your body's going to start to break down a little bit. And so I, I'm sure there's some frustration on his part that maybe as you guys know, in St. Louis, and you know, Danny, having covered him for as long as you have, um, he is a very proud individual, and he wants to perform at his best all the time. And so I, I think that's probably what maybe weighs on him a little bit. You know, the uh, the evolution of Jared Walsh over at first base is going to limit his time probably at first base. Shohei Otani showing up a couple of years ago cuts into the DH time. So it, it's, it's been a tough couple of years for him. I'm a little bummed, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, there's, there's no doubt that a, the pandemic has has caused havoc around the world, right? But let's assume, just going back to February 1st of this year, before it, it really snowballed into what has become this, this COVID-19 pandemic, based on what Albert had done last year, we're thinking, well, okay, he's got two years left on his deal. Uh, man, if he can get to 15, 20 home runs this year, Going into 21, we've got a we get we got a chance maybe at a story of chasing 700 uh, outside chance, and I, I we thought legitimately after the season last year that this would be something that we would be uh, be talking about. Unfortunately, it's not the case. Um, you know, COVID cut the the season down to 60, and you know he's got one more year left. Now, if he goes off next year, and I don't know if anything's possible, we don't know what the schedule is going to look like. But let's say he hits 20, I. Mark Gubiza, my broadcast partner, and I keep telling each other, you know, if there's ever a shot for him to to make it at 700, I would not be surprised if he tried to sign a one-year deal with the Cardinals, especially if there's a <laughs> universal DH, and hit 700 there. You know, I mean, it would just be it would just be so storybook. And uh, I, but I've had the pleasure of calling, you know, his 3,000th hit, his 2,000th RBIs, 500 and 600th home runs. I'm sitting here looking at a, uh, a Marucci bat that he sent up to our broadcast booth. It's a Pujols model, 600 career home runs, June 3rd, 2017. He signed it and gave it to us awesome. as a memento. And uh, he, he's just been so great to us. Uh, he's been fantastic to me. And, um, you know, funny story. So uh, the offseason that he was a free agent, uh, we were in, uh, in Maui. And we were at the resort, and I see Albert walking in and his family. It was Thanksgiving holiday week. And so I walked over, and I refreshed his memory of Victor Rojas, Cookie Son, and we'd met before. Hey, you know, how's your dad? This time was shooting the breeze. And uh, just pleasantries, right? Nothing serious. I head back to uh, the table. We were having breakfast, and uh, I texted Artie Moreno. And I said, hey, I just saw uh, – I just saw Albert Pools. You want me to say anything to him? You know, wink, wink, emoji. Right. And uh, he said, no, just just tell him I think he's a fantastic player. And then, you know, a couple of uh, couple of weeks later, all of a sudden uh, the winter meetings happen and 
uh, he sent me a text. He goes, uh, keep on smiling. And you know, the news <laughs> broke that, uh, that Albert had signed that 10 year deal. So it's, um, it's funny how it works. It's crazy that we're coming to an end of it already. It, it really is. People ask me about my favorite times behind the mic in seeing Albert Pujols. And, and I'll say, you know, we saw, in my opinion, his best years, but the year sure. uh, that, uh, that we finally got to see the angels come to St. Louis and that weekend is one of the more special weekends I can ever remember of regular season play for three games. What was it no like? Question. Yeah. What was it like from, from your perspective and, and how it was perceived from uh, his teammates and the angels organization and really just uh, <clears throat> the, the fans of the, of the angels as well. I think it was uh, perceived exactly like uh, Cardinals fans perceived and how they acted. I mean, it was, it was, it was so awesome to watch every single moment that he stepped onto the field and the reaction of the crowd. I, it, God's honest truth. I really felt that Albert could have walked away from the game at that point and everybody would have been in heaven. You know yeah, what I mean? It would have been like a storybook ending. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it felt like. It really felt like this is a, a thank you, a goodbye. I'm out. Um, it's crazy that it took that long, but the flip side of that is I'm, I'm kind of glad that it did. Because whatever, yes. whatever feelings mixed, otherwise the hatred, of, you know, the vitriol, or because I'm sure there was a lot of fans that were upset. Uh, it, it gave it time to kind of it, it burnt itself out, and maybe that's why Major League Baseball did it that way. I don't know. You know, we we, we played you guys a couple of times in the interim um, until we we went there uh, last year in 2019, and so I, I don't know. I, I it just worked. It worked out perfectly, um, and. Uh, it was that city of St. Louis. I've always said, I grew up in Kansas city. Uh, talk about a baseball town. They just love their Cardinals. And it was just so amazing to see the reaction. And Yachty played it so perfectly standing there and making sure that, that his, his guy got uh, all the love that, that he deserved. I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, you mentioned earlier baseball apparel company. So you've had your hand in a lot of different businesses with the game of baseball. What are you doing with the baseball apparel company? Well, we started this company in February 2019 called Big Fly Gear. Big Fly is a home run call that I've used since I was in the minor leagues. And uh, we wanted to do something unique with it. So we, we're storytellers of the game's past. We take a person, place, and moment in baseball history currently revolving around the home run and we create a one-of-a-kind graphic and uh we sell t-shirts and long sleeves and sweatshirts and hats and the like and uh, that's kind of what we've been doing for the last uh 22 23 months and it's it's gone exceptionally well uh, a little bummed uh this year that uh, we created this millville meteor graphic which is a, a tribute graphic to mike trout he signed off on it loved it uh gave us his blessing and uh, we launched it in February, had some momentum going, and all of a sudden, you know, mid-March, uh, everything stops. But even with all of the things that have happened this year, and maybe because we're more at home and we are solely an online business, um, we've been able to, to really do well from a, from a revenue perspective. I mean, we're currently sitting here with three weeks left to go in the year, and we're 40% uh, north of revenues of, of last year. And really just word of mouth. And so it's, it's been great. Social media has helped out tremendously as well. Um, but uh, we've got our, our Mantle and Maris uh, 60th anniversary um, graphic coming out next week. Uh, so we'll have some momentum going into, uh, into next year and, and that anniversary. And um, working on a bunch of different things right now. We've had our Ernie Banks one put out a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago. 
Uh, I've been thinking about a stand usual. Um, I, I know exactly what I, what it is I want to do. And so it's just a matter of, uh, of putting that down on paper. And, and we're also going to work with uh, the, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, we're, we're in the process of creating some work uh, for the, uh, the Hall of Fame Museum store in Cooperstown, as well as their online business. So, you know, slowly but surely, it's a slow burn for us. It's kind of a side business. We run it out of the house. Um, but we're hoping that by the end of uh, the third quarter of next year that we are out of the house and in our own uh, in our own building. That would be fantastic. And for people yep. that are listening, uh, best way to go online, where could they find you? Bigflygear.com. Bigflygear.com. Victor Rojas, great to catch up. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, let's get a full 162, if not a little Amen. bit more next year, huh? Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Happy holidays right. to you and everyone uh, in the St. Louis area, buddy.